his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Welcome in, everybody. It is a Friday morning, and Chris Ranji is out gallivanting around town, and I've got John Hancock and Michael Kelly. How about that? Together. No longer apart. You've had to deal with this separately this week. Well, that's right. That's right. Now the the dynamic duo are back together. And well, good on you, man! Another day without Ranji. You've I mean, got to feel good. Been delightful. <laughs> Has it? It's been delightful. You feel? You look like you're more youthful and honestly, I think better. people notice a little bit of a, a pep in my step. Uh huh. I think I smile more. Wow. Yeah, which is surprising. Which is surprising since allegedly. Yeah. Chris Raji is the most positive person around so, here. This happened while I was out of town. Yeah. This is this is. I mean, are they gaslighting us or is this they a have joke? To be, it's rigged. It's he, a rigged election. What are we talking about? Uh, Chris Raji. Uh, they they have a. We, we, we don't get this because it's there's it's on the email. Yeah. But no. uh, they 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 have awards like happiest person who works here, oh, person yeah. who's always on time. You and I are never nominated. But Chris Ranji got, what time. did he get nominated oh, for? Oh, he got nominated for the Positivity Award, which means, Ranj. like, they called him courageously positive and uplifting. Is Ranj. that the guy you know? Yeah, no. I, I think he's perfectly suited for it. No, he's a mm. finalist. He's, he's a finalist. We'll find out in January, Who's I guess. Who's he up against? Oh, I guess it's all the stations, right? It's so all it's, the stations oh. and sales. It's the whole company. Oh, well, this guy, this guy pulling the wool over the eyes of whoever the judges are. At any rate, if you'd like to hear <laughs> us uh, grump about Chris Ranji, who allegedly is Mr. Positive. When, you are, the two, when are the two of you going to broadcast together again? I don't know. Ever. Oh. Probably never. Probably. Good for you. Yeah. We're going to try to split well, this probably thing Probably after up. the first of the year because you and I got to come in and do all their work for them. <laughs> well, we're so. doing Glover. Oh, during, we got Glover. That's right. Yeah, that's well, right. Somebody else got to do your KMOX work. KMOX turns into just Hancock. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. much Kelly does it for seven. <laughs> pretty much. Is. is it Friday again? <laughs> well, if you've been listening to us on 1120 AM, you can check out 98.7 FM, crystal clear, especially along the Highway 40 corridor or... You can listen on the Odyssey app, download it on your phone. You can listen to live radio. You can also rewind live radio, which is a really nice feature if you haven't done that. And the podcast, if you happen to miss the show or want to hear a segment again, the Chris and Amy Show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. Well, President Joe Biden is continuing his warnings and criticism of Israel and wants them to scale back their bombing in Gaza. Also, the Supreme Court is 
has taken up a case on an abortion pill. Brad Young of Hairstyle Fisher and Young, he joins me later in the show. We will talk about the implications of that Supreme Court case. And Jordan Cairo, very emotional last night. He, a couple of days ago, had made comments, just a terse comment, really, about his former coach, Craig Berube, and he got booed a bit last night because of it. He addressed the media. Well, boys, how was Friday morning so far for you guys? Lovely. I, Absolutely lovely. Yeah. I, I have not been following the Cairo stuff. Yeah. But I think I'd be a part of the booing. I didn't have a problem with Chief. Yeah. I no, liked the guy. I did and too. It seemed a little premature that we we were, you know, stringing somebody up when, I mean, I, I, it's, it's been a bad season to start, but come on. I mean, we got a little time to you go. Know, the the thing, guy did win the cup. Yeah. The thing about Ruby, when he was a player, he was my least favorite player. I mean, yeah. I, mean I did not like really? Craig. Oh, he was nasty. Was he with the oh, yeah. Detroit or Chicago? No, he was with the, the Flyers for a while mm-hmm. and the Sabres, I think. I think he was with the Capitals for a bit. Yeah, well, he was. Capitals. He was with the Capitals. Yep. And uh, he was, uh, I mean, he was an ornery player. And he was always bumping and running over people. And, uh, and I didn't like him. But, man, what a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think he, he is. He's going to get snapped up quickly. Yeah, I yeah. think he's. I think he's a good coach. He he was not the weak link on this team. No. He was not the problem with this team. This is a this is a bad team, or at least a team that's playing poorly. Uh, it's been gutted since 2019. The leadership has been gutted since 2019. Some younger guys expected to be your future stars. They get some big contracts. People night in and night out. You're hearing the players say, "Well, we didn't we didn't have the effort. We weren't." Going, you know, we weren't going after 50 50 pucks, we weren't really buying in. Well, at some point, you're being paid a lot of money Go do to it. buy in to yeah. give, to now, give your effort. I know you, you follow hockey closely, Amy. I don't think that, that Robert Thomas is in the same category as Jordan Cairo when it comes to effort. It seems like I think Thomas is putting out good, consistent effort, and Cairo is very hit and miss. Yeah, he is, and he had been, and that's what's so interesting about this. Jordan Cairo. Craig Berube was the coach when Jordan Cairo broke into the NHL in the 2018-2019 season. He won a Stanley Cup as a player on the 2019 Stanley Cup team coached by Craig Berube. Let's say you hate the guy. You absolutely clash. It is so easy, so easy as a player when your coach leaves to say, you know, uh, it was a Incredible to come into the league uh, under Coach Craig Ruby and win a Stanley Cup. I wish him the best, and I look forward to my future. You're not, you're not kissing Praises, his butt by saying yeah. that. You're not praising him. You're just being factual. I thought his comments, which it was, I believe, nine words. Let me pull this up. His comments were so terse and immature. He said, "Quote: I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore." Wow. Came across so, as very petty, and and the fans took issue with yeah, it. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, I actually was going to get into this later, but let's go ahead and get into it now since we're talking about it. Let's do. Cairo uh, addressed the media yesterday after the game because there were rumors that some fans might boo him, uh, and they did. It wasn't the whole Enterprise Center. But there were a smattering of boos. He was asked about that. He was asked about his time with Coach Berube. And he got pretty emotional. Here is Jordan Cairo after the game last night. I mean, 
you know, obviously respect Chief, you know. He's been my coach for the whole time I've been here, right? So, you know, I respect everything he's done here. You know, he's done, he's done a great job. You know, he won a cup, right? So all I really meant was, you know, I'm just trying to focus on my future and, you know, focus on what I can do to help my team win. So that's, that's all I really meant. Jordan, uh, how difficult is it to have the fan base react the way they did tonight? Were you hearing the boos on the ice? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely heard those. Um, I mean, it's not easy, obviously, but you know, I, I see where they're coming from you know, with how my comments on it. So that's yeah, definitely tough. I mean, you know, I love playing here. I love playing in front of the fans. So, yeah. What would you want to say about Craig Ruby? You mentioned that he was your coach for a long time, but like, how did he impact your career? I mean, what can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, helped me in a lot of ways, right? You know, it's really helped me round it all my game and try to be more complete players. So, you know, I, like I said, you know, I respect him as a guy, and you know, no way towards him at all. When did you find out that the comments kind of blew up? Not just earlier the day after I woke up from my nap. What, if anything, would you want to say to the fans? I mean, just, you know, sorry if it sounded in a bad way at all. I mean, just like I said, you know, I'm just really trying to focus on, on the future here and, and, you know, focus on what I can do to, you know, help our team win and, you know, help get wins for the boys. So, How were you able to focus then tonight and you feel like you had it? Um, it's definitely the toughest game I've probably played, to be honest. But... Any of your teammates or anybody from the organization talk to you about it? Um, I mean, obviously my teammates have my back, right? So you're getting pretty emotional here. What are the emotions coming from? I mean, it's just tough, right? Like, you know, I love playing here, so it's just it's tough to hear the fans booing me there. Sorry. They'll obviously come around. I mean, they know you want to be here play hard and produce for them I mean do you feel like you know it's just a bump in the road that it can be overcome and they'll love you again um yeah definitely I mean you know like I said I just want to focus on my future and focus on you know trying to be a more complete player and you know what I can do to help the team win right so yeah that's just my goal right now Okay, Michael uh, Kelly is not having it. Oh, come on. You get $68 million. You made a comment, and he did mean it. Now he doesn't like the fact that people are booing him. Who does? Um, look, this too shall pass, but, you know, to get all teary and stuff like that. You didn't weren't teary when you got asked the question about your old boss that got you a ring. Well, I, you know, I think, uh, I think Kyrie's 25 years old. I, I don't think his maturity level uh, is great. And he's a young 25. Very young. Because he's been in the league for five years right. now. Yeah. But I just, you know, and Baruby was trying to get Jordan Kairou to reach his potential. Baruby wasn't trying to, I think Kairou took the coaching instruction he was getting, and he took offense with it, thinking that he's questioning my ability and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is not me reading between the lines. Where, you know... What Baruby's trying to do as a coach is get the most out of his player. He sees a guy that's got an incredible amount of talent. Raw talent at hockey is something that Jordan Cairo has in abundance. And he wasn't applying it. And and Baruby was trying to get him to be the player that he can be. And uh, Cairo... So what was didn't, he doing? Was he loafing? Well. Was he just not hustling? Was he not? I remember the criticism back in the day of Brett Hall is yeah. that he was kind of just lackadaisical. Yeah. It seemed like he was only waiting for the ball or for the puck to come for him to have a shot. Is that what was going on here? He's just kind of loafing around? Yeah. Now, Brett Hall, this was really interesting. Uh, when Brett Hall came to the Blues in whatever year that was, 95 maybe, whatever it was, uh, he scored 41 goals his first year. 
And he, he met with the coach, Brian Sutter, after mm-hmm. the season. And he was expecting Brian Sutter to tell him that, you know, man, you're really, that was fantastic. <laughs> and Brian Sutter said, you know, you had a good year. You could be one of the greatest hockey players of all time, but you're going to have to do some things a little differently. And he had basically I, what I think was a similar conversation to conversations that Craig Berube has had with Jordan Cairo. And whole response, he comes out the next year and he scores 84 goals. And um, and I think that that was Craig Berube was being a coach and he was trying to get the it's, – it's in Craig Berube's best interest for Cairo to be the best player he can be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not trying to harm the guy, to harm the kid. Uh, I just think the kid didn't take the instruction as, you know, in a manner that was appropriate. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and coaches are famously tough to play for, some more than others. Ken Hitchcock, he won a Stanley Cup with the Dallas Stars in 1999, and those players still talk about PTSD from playing <laughs> under Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about this with Kevin Wheeler yesterday. He reminded me of when Steve Eiserman wasn't as strong of a two-way player. He wasn't getting back to commit on defense the way Scotty Bowman, oh, yeah. the legendary Scotty Bowman, yeah. wanted him to. So he... He changed the way uh, Steve Eisenman played. He put Sergei Fedorov, who wasn't the two-way player, excuse me, as well, put him on defense. He took Sergei Fedorov, one of the greatest scorers in NHL history, and put him on defense to force him to learn to be that two-way player. And I don't know, part of me is a softy because I'm like, oh, man, I hate it, you know, see this guy tear up. At the same time, if you get booed by the fans, you, you brought it on yourself. And in also, St. Louis, especially. In St. Louis, like, then, okay, take it as a lesson learned and All admit right. your culpability. Because here's the thing. Maybe I'm reading too much in this. He didn't tear up when he's like, man, I really spoke ill of my coach. He teared up because he got booed. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, if he teared up and said, man, I... I, I spoke poorly about the coach. I shouldn't have said that. No, he didn't tear up talking about the coach. He teared up when he personally got booed, and there was something about it that's off. Not, I'm not exactly sure. but It's a maturity thing. It is. It is. Well, you guys are not immature here. We're glad to have you. Two political experts. <laughs> John Hancock, Michael Kelly, Amy Mark scores on a Friday. This is the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. I want them to be focused on how to save civilian lives. Not stop going after Hamas, but be more careful. That was President Joe Biden yesterday. You don't as say. He continues, continues his, I'm not sure if criticism or maybe, maybe admonitions, warning for Israel as Israel continues its war against Hamas. We've all seen the images from Gaza. We know lots of Uh, Bombs have been dropped in their campaign to defeat the terrorist organization Hamas. Uh, Israeli munitions, a story came out that uh, it looks like U.S. intelligent assessment has found that about half of Israeli munitions dropped on Gaza are imprecise dumb bombs, as they're called. Uh, The IDF said we don't comment on the types of munitions used. I wanted to ask you know, you guys, your thoughts on Biden's criticism from what I've seen. John Kirby is staunchly in support of Israel, as is Biden. But it almost feels like Biden's changing his tone. I can't tell if no. it's he believes it or if it's to placate a certain part of his party. I don't think it's political. I think John's going to make the argument that it's political. I think the fact of the matter is, is that we're now, what, a month and a half into this 
uh, retaliation. Um, there's no doubt about it that civilians are dying. I think the president, when the Americans, we are financing this war. I think it's well within the right of the most powerful person on the planet to give a little, hey, listen, okay, make sure you're, you're coloring between the lines here. And I think that's simply what it is. Uh, I don't see this as some big administration change. It's not going to fix whatever political problem that there's, there's a hypothesis out there that the left is, you know, pro-Hamas. Joe Biden's all in for Israel. I don't think that's ever going to change. I think this is just being a prudent world leader. Yeah, no, I think it's 100 percent political. Uh, you know, and you go back and listen to Joe Biden uh, in early October talk about this situation and listen to what he's saying now. I mean, there's been a change. So, and, you know, is it's not Israel has got to prosecute this war and they their objective is to eradicate Hamas's ability to attack Israel. That's that's the mission of the Israeli defense forces. You cannot do that without having some civilian casualties because of the nature of the terrorist regime that exists in Gaza. They are they're putting these citizens in harm's way, forcing them to be there in an effort to, to try and stop Israel from attacking. And, you know, that's not going to work. The United States is the only friend Israel has at the end of the day in the world. Look at the vote in the United Nations to call for a ceasefire that happened this week. And if we if we're not steadfastly supporting this ally, then nobody is. But but we are we are steadfastly supporting him. Well, the president of the United States been leading the effort. He went there for goodness sake. I mean, you can you can say what you want about Joe Biden maybe being old and all this other stuff, but whether or not he's one hundred percent for Israel, come on, it's right there, and he's doing it at the peril politically. That he may have inside of his well, own party he because is, he's doing what's right. Well, he has been doing what's right. Uh, but when you use phrases like indiscriminate yeah. bombing, you know, that's you're sending a very different message. Well, there. like I said, it's not opening the door for accusations. It is fundamentally accusatory. Say This is what you're doing. Um, I will say, you know, you look at the image, images coming out of Gaza, it's overwhelmingly devastating when you see the bombing that's occurred. Clarissa Ward, who whom I love as a reporter, does incredible work on CNN. She did, I saw about this eight-minute story that she did. She finally got into Gaza. This is the first time since October mm -hmm. 7th that she's been in Gaza and went to the makeshift hospitals. Uh, there were Emirati hospitals that um, that had been set up. And it was absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, I was tearing up seeing the kids. At the same time, I was a little surprised that she just said, well, this is Israeli bombing, but didn't say Hamas has put these civilians in harm's way. Hamas wired Gaza like a suicide bomber and deliberately orchestrated a, a, a situation where as many civilians as possible would be harmed. Israel still needs to use surgical precision. I think they've said that from the beginning. But the civilian casualties, I mean, this is what Hamas designed. Yeah. They're, it's an impossible situation. He's John Hancock, Michael Kelly, Amy Mark scores. Hey, they're going to stick around a little bit longer. This is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. Love is the only thing that can save this poor creature. And I am going to convince him that he is loved even at the cost of my own life.
No matter what you hear in there, no matter how cruelly I beg you, no matter how terribly I may scream, do not open this door or you will undo everything I've worked for. Do you understand? Do not open this door. Yes, doctor. Get me out. Let me out of here. Get me the hell out of here. What's the matter with you people? I was joking. Don't you know a joke when you hear one? <laughs> Jesus Christ, get me out of here. <laughs> what was that? I can't believe this, ladies and gentlemen. These two worthless gentlemen sitting next to wow. me have never seen young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. With Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Madeline Kahn. Madeline the Albright. Eager, uh, Igor with the eyes. The I forgot eyes, his name. Yeah. yeah, the weird eyes. That, okay, 49 years ago today, yeah. Young Frankenstein was released. So next year, the 50th anniversary. And it's like one of the most quoted movies in the Mark Scores household. Like, really? do not wow. open that door. Open the door. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh in the Mark Scores house, I was so yeah. funny stuff. I was so, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited, everyone. I was so excited to play this clip and talk about this classic movie with my best friends, John uh, Hancock and Michael Kelly. And guess what? They haven't seen it. I haven't seen the movie. I, uh, what young, is wrong young with Frankenstein. you? I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen it. I, I know what it is. It's a black and white film. Uh, Gene Wilder's in it, right? Is Gilda Radner in it? Is that his wife? No, uh, it's Madeline Kahn. Brad Young is walking yeah, into the studio. Harris Fisher and Young. Have Radner. you seen Young Frankenstein? The movie with Gene Wilder. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I had a little mic trouble here. A little uh, I, <clears throat> well, I malfunction. You. I am No, you. no, no. Not only have I seen the movie, I can quote large portions Thank of it. Thank you. Thank you. I was so excited. I played the clip because 49 years ago today it was released and the, you know, do not open this door and then open the door, open the door. And they are looking at me, they being Hancock and Kelly, like I'm an idiot. No, I'm here to back you up. No, we weren't looking at you. I'm standing right here with you, Amy. I'm with you. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Are we dismissed? So you guys (laughs) (laughs) talk about your old movie here. We'll just 49 years ago. We'll we'll actually repeat lines. People, did you you go to the theater and see this movie there, Young, or have you seen it on television? Uh, I actually saw it in the theater. You did, and I've seen it uh, dozens of times since then. Yeah. yeah, it's an excellent movie. Highly highly quotable. Highly highly quotable. What did the movies cost 49 years ago? Well, this was in black and white, but you know what's interesting? Yeah. <laughs> what's interesting about this movie is if you watch it, it's it it mimics and mocks all of the famous Dracula movies and uh, Frankenstein yep. movies, right? So the producers of the movie, which included um, um, Mel Brooks, yeah. went out and purchased the original equipment that was used in the original Frankenstein movie. They tracked it down. They bought it. And so all of the equipment that's in there is from the classic uh, Frankenstein movie. And Which they came out, what, in the 40s? In the 40s. Yeah. And they chased it all down, yeah. found it. That's and, cool. Uh, that's and they went, they went to go for the authenticity. I bet you didn't know that, Amy. I don't Are think I kidding? did. They quote things at the Mark so Scores house. They just do. walk around doing quotes. It's a classic. And but- I will save you from singing Putting on the Ritz. I will oh not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I will. I will the, not. I the, will not. Uh, I will not do that. The I'm monster you for that. loves yeah, that song. Did Mel, Mel Brooks write it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a Mel Brooks film. So Gene Wilder, yeah. Peter Boyle, Marty Feldman, Madeline Kahn, Marty and Feldman. Terry Gar. Uh, Terry Gar. Yep. Yes. Now you you made fun of me for Gilda Radner, but Gene Wilder was married to Gilda Radner. Yeah, Gene Wilder's no longer with us, right? No, he no. is no longer with yeah. us. Yeah. Are any of those people that you just announced with us? Madeline Kahn. Is she? Mm. I don't know. She's she dead. Died. Okay. She Terry Gar is still alive. Terry Gar. She was Star- in Mr. Mom, right? Wasn't she the wife in Mr. Mom? Yeah. And her first television role was on Star Trek. Is that right? It really? is right. And she hated every moment of it. Really? Yeah. On the original Star Trek? The original series. Wow. Absolutely. And um, with Gilda Radner, with all of her iconic Saturday Night Live skits, like Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she was one where she was Mary Lou Retton, but I don't know if that was her name in the skit, but she was a gymnast. And every time she like would do a somersault, she would look right at the camera and go, I am so cute. <laughs> <laughs> That was her whole thing. I'm so cute. Did you walk around the house repeating those phrases, too? I'm pretty sure I did. I mean, you would have thought that I had my childhood in the 70s. Really? Classic rock vinyls from my dad. All my dad's college records. Cool. Uh, We listened to a lot of classic rock on vinyl. And, yeah, and then these movies. Because you are, this is the first generation of kids that has the ability and option to culturally isolate themselves from any other past generation uh, culture culture norms or cultural um, entertainment. And what I mean by that is, like, we didn't have cable growing up. You right. had two, four, five, eleven. So on Saturdays, if they played Gunsmoke or yeah. All in the Family, you, you watched Gunsmoke it. and All in the Family. When you were in the car, mom and dad picked the music. When you were at mm-hmm. home, mom and dad picked the music. So you were constantly being exposed to entertainment, things that were popular in generations not your own, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a great thing. And it's not necessarily kids' fault these days that they're not listening to music from the 70s or watching shows from the 80s. It's just that they have the option to watch Netflix and watch the only thing that they want to watch. I'm embarrassed that I have not seen Young Frankenstein, and I will rectify that this weekend. Oh, man. I'm not as embarrassed as uh, the fact that I've never seen Gone with the Wind. So wait, wait, you've, you've, you've never seen How? Gone with the right. Wind. I've he's, seen Gone with the Wind. Have you seen The Godfather? No, he's never seen The Godfather. Well, what? that's a that's a right. that, that you should go to prison for that. Right? And, you know who he'd be in prison with? Uh, Jared from Subway. I don't know. <laughs> 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 that was this. This went dark very quickly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Never really thought of it that yeah. Well, you know, yeah. that's where you don't want to be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Chris Ranji. Oh, yeah. Chris Ranji. Same. Like Chris same. Got it. I, I yeah, they could do the Hancock and Kelly show, but it's the prison version. I've got to watch Hancock it. It's, just, it's, it's like three hours long, right? The Godfather? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a long one. To yeah. survive this long in your life as a male in particular without seeing The Godfather is rare. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think most I people consider that normal. Lots of people out there that haven't seen The Godfather. Well, I, but a lot of people haven't seen Gone with the Wind. See, I made a little jerk of myself first by uh, saying I'd never seen. Yeah. Gone so with I the will wind. say, I'm not a fan of Gone with the Wind. I've seen it. I love old movies. We were. I was getting mad at older people who listen to the station because I was saying I can out movie. Well, basically, what happened is one older person told me, Amy. 
for whatever comment I had made, like, you need to watch Turner Classic Movies and learn a thing or two. And I took that very personally because I grew up on Turner Classic Movies. I know more old black and white films than my grandparents did. And I take didn't realize how much pride I took in that until Mm -hmm. someone um, really took a jab at me. But Gone with the Wind. I don't like it. It's just sad. Oh, it's epic. But they're so stubborn. Clark Gable and Vivian Leigh are so stubborn. Rhett and... um, Scarlet. Scarlet, yes. Like, they're just... They they would rather be unhappy than admit... That they were wrong, or that's admit the that point. They like each that's other. the point of the movie. But is it's that the, awful. Is that the her stubbornness prevents her from enjoying happiness in life? Is this well, the 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 movie that gives us the frankly I don't give a damn? Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly that right. Yes, yeah. that's that's correct. Go watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. You know what? Since you guys are like uh, uh, practically, you go on vacation together. <laughs> all right, you're you, the one perpetuating you, this rumor. Okay. You need no, no. Like I said last time, I saw you guys. You're you're not just fake friends on the air. You're right. fake friends in real life. Yeah, we are. And <laughs> yeah. so, so with that, when you go on vacation together, you guys need to have. You need to watch The Godfather. Hey now, and then you need to watch Gone with the Wind, mm. and then you get them both taken out at one time. Yeah. I'm not going on vacation. I'm watching movies with John Hancock. I will probably uh, have drinks with him on vacation. I will probably play some golf with him. We're not watching movies. You're not watching movies. Huh? Uh-uh. Michael That's something we're going to have to do on our own. Michael Kelly. Yes, ma'am. You you are... The most magnificently el- handsome. <laughs> yes, you're I don't the- think that's what was. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, that's not what she was thinking. You're no. the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis, right? Hey, now. Am I right? Let's go. Let's go. So because of that, uh-huh. you don't have eligible any plans. for what? You don't have exactly. any plans tomorrow night. So here's what you need to do. Uh-huh. You need to go hang out with John and George Ann Hancock. Mm. Be the third wheel. Yeah. yeah. You get a nice dinner, yeah. romantic dinner, yeah. just the three of you, and then watch. Back to back, The Godfather and Gone with the Wind. Both of those, The God, Godfather's a long yeah, movie. Yeah, that's about seven hours with the, Gone with the Wind. Is. a long time. Yeah, very, yeah. Yeah. Both very, very long movies. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay, I will go out to uh, Georgian and John's house. I bet Georgian's is thrilled that we're making these plans. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'll have dinner with them and maybe yeah. a drink or two. And then I'll go home and watch a movie, Gone with the Wind, and you stay home and watch uh, uh, Godfather. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, when you said uh, el- called him an eligible bachelor, yes. For what exactly is he eligible? Well, well, I think he's Don't never. Let Brad answer. Yeah, I'll be. I think technically parole. president, right? Because you've never been president. I've never been president. So you're technically I, eligible. eligible. You were born to do here. That. No, what she was saying, John, is I'm a single bachelor who might be of, uh, you know, someone's taste out there. Who sure, but maybe listening right now, thinking, "Wow, there's a catch." But is it is he is he eligible for a relationship or is he eligible for a spouse? That's the, I guess that's the both. Question. Wow. Both. Well, this is getting deep. Well, you are his best friend. What do you think? Yeah, no, he's not. He's not getting married. <laughs> well, I probably wouldn't get married, but that doesn't mean that you're not eligible for a relationship. Well, okay, then, then that Oprah would be... and Stedman are, are pretty happy, and they haven't gotten married. Is she so a Stedman? I don't know, but I'd marry Oprah. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd marry I'd Oprah. Right. Yeah. I love Oprah. <laughs> I'm into Oprah. Oh my word! Wait, Can you, you like her for her money? No, but if I were Sted, was Stedman? Does he like her for her money? I mean, you know, when did they meet? Hmm. I think really... she's smart not marrying him. And he doesn't say much, right? He's he always in the background. Could yeah. you? Could, yeah, and he's become like it's a kind of like Prince Philip right. in that regard. Prince, which Wait, one's Philip? Is he the bad one? He's the brother. No, Prince Philip. No, no, no. Prince Philip, who was married to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, Andrew's yeah. the bad one. 
Well, right. you know, the Queen, the the movie, the 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 show on Netflix did not give a nice portrayal of of Prince Philip. It did, and towards the end, if you it if did. you hung in there, yes, it did. It really was sympathetic towards Philip. Now, at the beginning, when he was younger, they portrayed him as kind of a cavalier playboy, playboy yeah. who didn't, who really actually didn't like his position. Right. But then, as the, as it as it moved forward, he really, uh, at least in terms of the show and the way they portrayed him, he grew in stature. He yep. understood he was Stedman. You're supposed to be in the background, and Oprah's yeah. out front. That's what eventually came to the realization for the guy. I mean, that's the I could be a background guy for Oprah. Oh, my gosh. That's the way to be. Because yeah. the thing is, no one's taking pictures of you. No. You're not being hounded by paparazzi. You don't have to be in the public eye. That we're doing the right things. Hey, are the dogs getting to the planes with us? Have, Let's you, go. have you seen The Sound of Music? Uh, yes. Okay. So there's the cousin. I can't remember. He's like the skinny cousin. He, he's the one who puts the whole thing together for them to sing the Von Trapp That's family right. singers. Yes. yes. And I there's a scene where this. he sits on the back porch of uh-huh. the Baroness or whatever. Uh-huh. And he goes, ah, I love rich people. I love the way they live. I love the way I live when I'm with them. Mm-hmm. That's you, yes. Michael. You could, could do that. I could totally do that. I could totally do that. And I, and, and I would love to hear those kids singing out in the weeds, you know, the... <laughs> In the they're wearing the drapes. <laughs> you know, they're wearing drapes. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, you know? Can I say something that I think people are going to be mad at me for? Oh, please. Go, please what, go what, right else, ahead. what else could you add here? Friday before Christmas. But it's so- worse than Jared? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, no. I, I think I set the bar on that one. <laughs> I think one. you set the bar. Um, I'm kind of a stickler. I'm very strict. When I, when I taught, I had very strict rules. Mm. Personally, mm. I think Captain Von Trapp's whistle system before Maria got there is actually the way to go. I think that was not a bad system. He had them all in a row. They were all dressed well. Yes, they knew their whistle. They had their own little whistle. He had what? He had seventeen kids. Single dad. You know what? Jarhead needs to hear about this. He may need to get a whistle. (laughs) He can be like, that means Amy's going to cook up dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I I tried that once in my house. (laughs) Once. Yeah. Once. One time my dad was sick and my mom was like, here, honey. She gave him a blanket and she gave him a little bell that he could ring. I think that bell lasted six minutes. This was years ago. He's never seen that bell again. Like, nope. You. She said he lost his bell privileges. <laughs> so, so you brought this up, and we're probably going to have to go to commercial, yeah. but you brought up The Sound of Music, and I would tell you that that is a, a, a movie that comes up in my life, life at least once a week. What? what? Well, it, yeah, just various things, you know, like when I run into Maria. You know, how do you solve a problem <laughs> like Maria? It, it has a lot of kind of thing. Now, the absolute best scene. Yeah. And the sound of music. Yes. And I hate this because it makes me sound like a misogynist, and I think the women's voices are better. But him singing Edelweiss. Oh, uh, well, that's what's a classic his name? scene. Plummer? Yeah, Christopher, Christopher Plummer. Plummer. But just that particular, it's beautiful. That yeah. is one beautiful scene. It's an iconic yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Well, sitting with a we done? trio of icons here. No, you can't no, leave. No, we can't oh, leave. We're staying. Yeah, Steve said you have to stay till 11. Okay. So they're John. Who's Steve? <laughs> John Hancock, Michael Kelly, Brad Young. <laughs> I'm Amy Mark Scores. Hey, this is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. Did you see that thing? I can't believe it. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thing is obviously wrong. This is a joke, right? Oh my god. Are you freaking kidding me? No way. You gotta be kidding me. Don't feel bad. There's no way you could have known that. Now, did you see this with Chris and Amy on the show? Well, it's really Amy and John and Michael and Brad. Hard to keep it all straight. It's hard to keep it all straight. Okay. Michael? Yeah, and Abby Normal? That's right. Would you uh, like to see... No, I'm just telling you that a bunch of your uh, fans of Frankenstein are saying that I should say Abby Normal to you two people. <laughs> well, you don't just randomly say... <laughs> Brad Young, uh, will you please... We, we, know, we understand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic scene from, from the movie when he's picking the brain, and the brain is listed as abnormal, and Marty Feldman's character thinks he picked a brain from someone named Abby Normal. Uh, and then, of course, mayhem ensues. Yeah. Mayhem ensues. What does mayhem ever do other than ensue? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or Rex Carr's in that, uh, what is it, the Allstate oh, or Mayhem. Right. Yeah. I think it's... Uh, I thought we put a Allstate. limit on how much they could sue for, though, right? Uh, only in Missouri. I'm trying to get into your dad jokes, you two. You can't do it, buddy. Yeah. No, you're, you're not. You can't. You're not in the club. No, yeah. not in the club at all. You gotta have a kid. Huh? At least not that you know of. That's right. Yeah, gotta have a kid. <laughs> yeah. We'll know for sure on Father's Day. Won't we? Uh, none of now, that was a classic sketch on Saturday um, Night Live when uh, when Eddie Murphy was Mr. Mr. Robinson's Robinson. neighborhood and his, it's right. his kid shows up that he didn't know he had. Remember that one? I do. That, was, was, a, that was a classic. He did. Eddie Murphy did a new Mr. Robinson's neighborhood like a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was about a year ago. A year ago? Right okay. out a year ago. Yes, and yeah. it was excellent. Yeah. And he's also coming out with a remake or no sequel to um Beverly axel hills. foley Be- uh, yeah beverly hills cop how do you all feel about that good do you yeah. yeah i would like to have the old eddie mac i feel like he became disneyfied meaning you know everything yeah. was like a disney movie and because yeah, he went from Jesus edgy comedian hysterical. like yeah. super edgy funny. comedian to disney like mr um and all the great comedians from chris rock to uh, you name them uh, the the ones that are out there right now who's the who's the, all the great comedians dave chappelle chappelle right they all say he's hmm. he's the pinnacle of, right. of comedy i have not in my lifetime it's been yeah. a while yeah yeah he did start doing a lot of kind of yeah. the family friendly movies which is a bit of a surprise oh, good for him <laughs> pluto turn. nash good for him one of the biggest box office bombs of all time pluto what is nash pluto yeah. nash yeah i made about 78 bucks at what? the box office he was also like uh dr doolittle right yeah mm-hmm. that made a little bit of money but pluto mm-hmm. nash 
It was, uh, I think they, uh, they they stopped the movie in the middle and told people to leave. Yeah. It was that bad. No. Ishtar. Ishtar. Really? It was Ishtar quality. It was Ishtar quality. What is Ishtar? It was a terrible movie. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Wow. And, Ishtar. And everybody, it became the butt of jokes. I, I guess yeah. people went to it and all left. Here's was, here's a movie that I have not seen that I'm embarrassed that I haven't seen. Uh-huh. Lawrence of Arabia. I haven't seen Lawrence I've never seen it. I, I, I've seen I think I, if I didn't have Brad Young here, you guys are really wouldn't, we wouldn't have to dry. Basically, I know what you're saying is is that I have no life because apparently all I do is watch movies all day. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's good. We, we, you're right. We don't have a library of information from, you know, the king of Saudi Arabia to Jerry. It's just not something <laughs> Hancock and Kelly have. Well... What was the name of the movie, Arabia? Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. I'm not watching Very famous. that one. It's Very long. Famous. Who's the star? What's his name? Lawrence Olivier. Yep. Is he a good looking dude? In the movie? Yes, he yeah. is. He's very suave. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you, suave gentlemen, for joining me. See John ya. Hancock, Michael Kelly, we'll see Peace you next week. Have a great weekend. Brad Young is sitting in for the ever-absent Chris Ranji. This is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.